Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. First time, I'm a first time guest. So if you're here for the first time and you're nervous and you're scared, I'm with you. I'm a first-time guest, nervous and scared. Good to be here. We, we have been friends a long time because when we, we first became friends, we were young. And I turned 50 just a few weeks ago. I don't know how that happened, but if, you know, God... Wants to keep it going. I'm good with that. I'll take another 50. (laughs) Amen. Revival Sunday. Does anybody need revival? Some of you may not know I'm a first responder and uh, part-time in our city of Forest Lake. And so I am a firefighter, first responder, EMT. And uh, if somebody needs to be revived, they're dead. (laughs) There's a problem. But there are times when people need to be revived. And churches need to be revived. Amen. And there is one surefire way for somebody in the church or some church to be revived. And that's through the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you're in the right place this morning. If you need to be refilled with the Holy Ghost, you're in the right place today. Come on. I need the Holy Ghost this morning. God help me. You know, I I am so privileged to be here with uh, Brother and Sister Lear also, and I give them honor this morning. And uh, they, they are the kindest, gentlest, friendliest loving people that I have known in the Minnesota district. And I mean that with all my heart, and we love them. And you're here because of them. Amen. Amen. We're building on what they started and what they put their life into here. And so we're so excited about that. i got to learn how to hold a microphone. I don't do this at home. (laughs) So you just, TJ, just yell at me, throw something at me. You know, if I need to hold it closer, if I, you just help me out. How many want God to move in this service today? All week long, I was going to preach a message that I felt like God was leading me. And yesterday morning, God just began to deal with me and and take me in a different direction. So uh, today, I'm just going to preach two messages for you. (laughs) Not going to happen. After 21 days of prayer and fasting, there's some angry people in here this morning. (laughs) And I am standing in the way. I want to preach on this thought today. Bring what you have left. Sometimes life empties us. Sometimes the things in our, in our world, in our families, in our, in our homes, and, and on the job just seem to deplete us. And, and we feel like we have nothing left to give. We have nothing left to offer. But I challenge somebody this morning. 
See, God is the God who takes nothing and makes something. God is able to take what you have left and turn it into something great. So maybe you're just here this morning, present in body, but you're, you know, you're really struggling to get into the worship. You're really struggling to, to feel something. But if you'll just bring what you have left, God can take that and He can multiply that and He can do a miracle in your life. Does anybody need a miracle this morning? I've been preaching and, and, and encouraging our church in Forest Lake for the, uh, since the beginning of the year that we're going to see miracles happen. We're going to see something great. God is going to do the supernatural. Huh? And here's the thing. God doesn't need us to do that. God doesn't need you and I to do the miraculous. All He has to do is speak the words uh, or lift the hand uh, or do something and the miracle can happen. I believe it this morning. 2 Kings, uh, Kings, the fourth chapter, if you have your Bibles this morning, thank you again for allowing me to be here and to be in church with you and to preach for you. Uh, I will say this, uh, your pastor is one of the greatest preachers that we have in the Minnesota district, and I believe that, and, and I mean that with all my heart. Every time I've heard him preach, he does such a wonderful job, and, and I am so encouraged by his words, and so I... I apologize, I will not live up to your standard of expectation. 2 Kings, the fourth chapter, verse 1, says, The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried to Elijah, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord. Uh, he had a reverence, he had a respect for the Lord. He loved the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elijah replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? What you have in the house matters. I'm so glad that I feel the Holy Ghost in the house this morning. Because that's what matters. It doesn't matter who's standing behind this pulpit going to preach. If the anointing of the Holy Ghost is in the house, then God can do the miraculous today. And God can do something that we can't even think about or comprehend because of what's in the house. Your servant has nothing, nothing at all, except a small jar of oil. Elijah said, go around and ask your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour oil into all the jars. As each is filled, put it to the side or one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. And they brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. Somebody say, keep pouring. She kept pouring, and when all the jars were full, she said to her son, Bring me another one. But he replied, There is none, there is not a jar left, and then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, He said, Go sell the oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left. All you need to do is bring what you have left. How many have ever found themselves in a low place in life? Yes. Failed marriage, death of a loved one, broken relationship. You feel lost and alone, hopeless. Uh, you know, statistics prove that 48% of people today feel down or discouraged or hopeless about life. 48%. Yeah. One half of the church, one half of the church, we divide it in half. Well, 
Half the church, half the people that are around us every day feel hopeless and down or discouraged about their life. That's one out of two people. That's half of us today. The good news is I have a hope for you today. My hope is not in this world. My hope is not in the things of this world. It's not in the political systems of this world. It's not in the people of this world. My hope is in Jesus Christ today. And if I'll just trust in that, and I'll just put my trust and hope in Him, He is able. It's these low places in life that we feel alone, we feel trapped and Maybe there's no way out. We've tried everything to do and we've we prayed. We've asked others to pray and we, we, we've come to church and, and, and we've pleaded our cause to God and nothing's changing and, and we feel all uh, like we're just trapped. We're stuck. Anybody feel stuck? Come on. You're in a low point. Just no way to get out. The lowest point in the world is at the bottom of the Dead Sea, 1,380 feet below sea level. The interesting fact about the Dead Sea and, and at this point in life uh, or at this point in the, in, in the lowness of the sea, nothing can live there. There's no insects, there's no plants, uh, there's no life, there's no visible form of life at all. Nothing survives at this lowest point. Uh, you know what that tells me? It tells me that God created uh, you and I, not to live in the low places of life. We're going to go through them. And some of us are there this morning. We woke up to a problem. We woke up to an issue. We woke up to something wrong in our life. And it's a low point. But we didn't stay home. We said, no matter what, I've got to get to the house of God. Why? Because if I get to the, where the anointing is, if I get to where the, the Spirit of God is, then something can change. Anything can happen in the presence of God. How many believe that this morning? I believe it right now. The woman in our text today, she was at one of those low places in life. Her husband had died. He was in debt. He owed the creditors and the creditors had come and they're knocking at the door. And she knows what that knock means. That, no, that knock means that if I can't repay the debt that I'm left with, uh, that I've got to give my sons into slavery and, and they're going to take them and they're going to put them into a life of slavery until my debt is paid. Uh, she knows that if her sons are taken away and she can't provide for herself, that it won't be too long that the home is gone and her life will be over. The lowest of lows. How much lower can it get? What did she not know? She didn't know that when you're at your lowest point uh, is when God can do the greatest work. Elijah asked the question, what do you have in the house? I don't got much. I don't got a lot. It's just a little, it's just a, a little jar of oil, and I don't know what that's gonna do, Elijah. If I sell that, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna get a little bit of money. But Elijah says, that's not the answer. But what you have, you've got to be willing to give, you've got to be willing to let go of. And if you listen and you'll obey and you'll do as I say, then God can do the miraculous. 
Go borrow jars and vessels. Go wherever you can. Get whatever you can and do what you can. And so Elijah says, when you get those, then you go into your house and you shut the door behind you and you begin to pour that oil from your vessel into the other vessels. It wasn't much. But see, it doesn't take much. I'm here to encourage somebody this morning. It doesn't take much. You feel spent. You feel used up. You feel like life has abused you and abandoned you and left you. And you're lost and you're confused. and You don't know where to go. And you don't have much value in life. But God can take what you have left and he can turn it into something great. I watch as young people come uh, through our Celebrate Recovery and I I watch uh, uh, as our young people, uh, they come in out of a life of addiction and a life of drugs and and all kinds of uh, uh, messed up families and messed up homes uh, and they don't have much to offer in life. Uh, I've seen it. They come to an altar, they repent of their sins, they get baptized, and God fills them with the Holy Ghost, and something happens. They didn't have a lot to offer. They didn't have much to give. Matter of fact, society would look at them and say, you are worthless. You have no value. There's nothing left. But then somebody begins to pour their life into them, and they begin to pour their life out at an altar, and God begins to change and transform and renew them. It still works, my friends. It's still happening today. You might not feel like you have much to offer, but when you come to an altar and you begin to pour out yourself into God and you begin to pour yourself out into a church, God can change. It's amazing what God will do. We got a young man in our church that came through our our, uh, program years ago and He's now a licensed minister in the church. We got another another man who who serves uh, as the uh, he is the head of our Celebrate Recovery, and he's Pastor uh, Ryan, and, and he's he's licensed with the the Minnesota District. These men came out of a life of addiction. They they had all kinds of problems in their marriage, in their home, with their children. They had no hope. Facing jail time, facing all kinds of problems. But the oil makes a difference. Come on, it, it's not much, but it's just a little. That's why. Can I, can I be pastor for just a moment? I don't know how to be an evangelist or, 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 or uh, you know, traveling preacher or whatever. I just know how to pastor and preach pastoral messages. And This is why it's so important that every time we come to church... That there's an anointing of the Holy Ghost in our services. That's why it's so important. We don't have time for the worship team to, to, to sing enough to get us into the presence of God. We need, to, we need to be there when we walk through these doors. There needs to be an anointing of oil being poured out already. And we need to feel the presence of God already. Why? Because there's somebody that's going to be sitting in the chair. There's somebody that's going to walk through these doors that needs the, uh, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And they need to know that God loves them and God cares about them. And they feel the presence of God what you have in the house is important all she had was a small jar of oil 
See, the good thing is, it doesn't have to make sense to you and I. If you ever understand what God's going to do, then you're not seeing the miracles. It's when God steps into an impossible situation. It's when God looks at our life and He says, you know, the world overlooked them and the world doesn't have anything and there's no value in them. Uh, But God takes them and makes them into something. You don't have to understand how God's going to heal you. But He still heals. Just a year or so ago, my son was diagnosed with a, a blood disorder and It was a pretty dark day for me and my family. It was a pretty dark moment in my life. It was one of the times as a pastor that I felt low. I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know how to worship. I didn't know what to do. I was reading online and I was looking at the diagnosis and I was thinking, best case scenario, 20 years he's got to live. He's only 26 years old, God. I'm older than that. No cure. The only treatment would, he'd have to go to the, 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 the hospital week in and week out and have all his blood drawn out of his body and, and filtered and cleaned and put back into his body every week, sometimes two or maybe three times a week. That was the answer. I tell you, I got into some low places and I, and I talked about this uh, uh, last week to our church and I said there were some times I couldn't even walk through the front doors uh, of our church building. I couldn't even make it to my office. I'd pull into the back doors of the church and I'd come in the back door and I'd stay in the fellowship hall and I'd, I'd study there and I'd pray there and I'd stay, keep uh, doing everything I would normally do in the front of the church and the back of the church. I was scared. It was a dark place. It was a lonely place. Uh, Sometimes I wouldn't even go to church. I'd just stay home because I had a wife that was praying and a wife that had greater faith than I, and I wanted to be around her. I'd call my friends. I'd call other pastors. I'd I'd call people. I'd say, I need need you to pray for me because I'm fearful, and and I'm going through this, and I don't know what's going to happen. But I remember there was one day I walked into the back of that church building. And I began to pray and I began to walk around and I began to just begin to talk to God in a real way. It wasn't some super spiritual prayer. It was like, God, I don't know how I am going to go on. I don't know how I'm going to pastor a church. I don't know how I'm going to be a husband. I don't know how I'm going to continue to father. I don't know how. And I felt something inside of me say, why don't you just try worship? You don't have anything left to give. You don't have anything left to preach. You don't have anything left to say. Why don't you just worship? And so I walked around the corner and and we have a a memorial area of our old building and where we were from and and it was a place where I received the Holy Ghost and it was a place uh, where I was baptized. Uh, It was the place where my mom and dad started the church uh, and I started to think back and remember all the things that God had done. And right there in that little corner of that hallway, in the midst of all those memories, I just began to dance. And I just began to shout. And I began to pray. And I called on a God. 
And it wasn't too long after that. A few days later, a few weeks later, I'm not sure the exact time frame, uh, but Calvin got a, a, an email from his doctor and it said something like this. Uh, I don't understand how this happened. Because when people have this disease, uh, this blood disorder, it doesn't heal on its own. I got that little email printed off. I think I have two or three of them printed off and they're shoved in my Bible. Why? Because I don't want to forget. I don't want to ever forget when you are at your lowest, when you don't think anything else can work. There's a place called the church. There's a place called worship. There's a place called anointing. There's a place where God can begin to pour out His Spirit upon your life again. It doesn't have to make sense. Come on, we serve a God that does the miraculous. We serve a God that can do anything. There is nothing impossible for our God. See, the oil in the Bible represents anointing and worship. It doesn't make sense what a little bit of oil can do in your life. But it's important. Anybody ever had a squeaky hinge in your house? Open the door. Close the door. After a while, you get tired of listening to that. And what do you do? Go put a little drop of oil on it. Amazing. Just amazing what a little drop of oil can do. And so I'm here to tell somebody this morning, it's amazing what a little bit of oil could do for you today. God poured out. Come on, God. Just a little drop won't do. Poured out on my life. Poured out on my home. Poured out on my family. Poured out on my marriage. Just a little bit of oil. God, take care of the things. You know, Paul, before he ever received the Holy Ghost, was a persecutor of Christians. After he became one of the world's greatest evangelist preachers that we know. Just a little oil. Peter, before the Holy Ghost, denied Jesus after he was willing to die. Just a little bit of oil. It's amazing, folks. I have learned in, in pastoring now almost 20 years. It's amazing what a little bit of Holy Ghost can do in somebody's life. You're going through problems in your marriage? Don't fight about it. Pray about it. God, fill us with your spirit. God, refill us, revive us again with your spirit because something happens. A lot of church problems disappear when we get an anointing of the Holy Ghost that begins to come down. Oh, a lot of family problems disappear. A lot, of, a lot of problems across the aisle disappear when we get a, a little bit of Holy Ghost in our building, in our life. Uh, come on. I'm a much easier person to get along with when I have the Holy Ghost. Some days I'm just ornery and I'm crabby and, and I'm uh, whatever. You know what my wife does? She'll stop and she'll look at me and she'll say, have you prayed today? None of your business. 
What do you think? I usually say something like, yeah, I prayed for you. (laughs) Amazing what a little bit of oil will do. There's this thing called learned helplessness. It's a manner in which they train elephants for the circus. And at birth, they take these these large elephants and they... And from a, from a young age, they will, they will shackle them. They will put a, a chain around their, their ankle and, and they will put a stake in the ground and they'll, and they'll, they'll tie that, that big elephant, that strong, massive elephant, they'll tie it off to that chain and, and, and to that stake in the ground and, and they let it live that way for, for months and years. And they learn helplessness. And then after a while, they grow up and they've, they've been tethered to that chain and they've pulled against that chain for years and years and years and they've learned that they can't get away from it. And eventually, they don't even need to hardly chain it up. They can just tie a little rope around its ankle and they can drive a little stake in the ground about six inches and that big, large elephant with massive strength and power will refuse to pull against that stake. They never believe that they can get away. Unknowing how much strength, unknowing how much size, unknowing how easy it would be for them just to break away and get free, they don't ever try. It's amazing to me. The enemy. We all have an enemy. Come on, if you don't believe you got an enemy... The devil is our adversary. He is our enemy. He doesn't want you to live for God. He doesn't want you to have a happy home. He doesn't want you to be uh, somebody that's successful and doing uh, living right for God. He doesn't want that in your life. And he's trained us. He's conditioned us to believe that we can never be happy. We can never be free. We can never live a successful Christian. I'm always going to struggle. I'm always going to deal with those issues in my life. I'm always going to be under that heaviness. I'm always going to struggle with depression and oppression. I'm always... Come on, I, I pastor church. I talk to people every day and I, I hear this all the time. I'm, well, I'm just always going to be an addict. I'm always going to struggle with addiction. I'm always going to struggle with depression. I'm always going to be a failure. I'm always. The enemy has kept you tethered to your problem for so long that you cannot see a God who is able to change every circumstance. He can set free. He can deliver. If he did it for you, he can do it for me. If he did it for the person sitting next to you, he can do it for you. You've just got to have enough faith in God to believe that he is able. He causes churches. He causes parents. He causes families to learn this helplessness. Oh, but you don't know. Preacher, you don't know. I've been dealing with this issue for so many years. I've been dealing with these problems for all my life. Matter of fact, I've inherited them from my family. And and you're like that elephant. Tethered to that rope. You don't understand. you got a God who is bigger. 
you don't understand. You got a God who is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we can even think or comprehend. You don't understand. Well, I just don't have faith. I don't believe. Let me ask you a question. Do you have hope? I don't have faith, but do you have hope? How many are hoping for your life to get better? How many are hoping for circumstances to change? How many are hoping for this and hoping for that? Come on, we all have hope. I hope I win a million dollars, but I don't ever play the lottery. So I'm hoping that I step on the winning ticket one day. It's my hope. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not yet seen. It's hope. You don't have to have some great amount of faith this morning. Do you have a hope that God can change? Do you have a hope that God can help you? Do you have a hope that God can move in your life? Do you have a hope? Faith is the substance of things that are hoped for. On. God increase our hope <laughs> I'm hoping for some things how many chairs you got sitting here a couple hundred God gave you this nice building God gave you all these chairs can we hope for them to be filled can we hope that we have to add on to that new building and, yeah. and, and build that new sanctuary sooner than what we're planning? Yeah. Can we hope for those things? Yeah. Faith is the substance of things oh, yeah. hoped for. You know what revival does? Here's what revival does. Revival impacts your city. Yes, it does. Revival impacts your community. Revival impacts your family. Right. If we have revival in this church, uh, then some of your unsaved loved ones uh, are going to be sitting in these chairs uh, worshiping God, uh, living for God, uh, because that's what revival does. Uh, God put a revival spirit in our heart, uh, put a revival spirit uh, in our soul. Uh, give us some hope uh, for something uh, beyond our control, beyond what we can even think. Uh, God, let revival happen. Matthew 17, 20 says, If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And if we're honest this morning, most of us don't always operate in great faith. Well, most of us live at the hope level. We don't walk around and think, Oh, yeah, hey, move that mountain, God. We hope God will heal our cancer. We hope God will, will reach our loved ones. We hope God will save our children. We hope. We don't operate at some great level of faith where we say, Oh yeah, God's going to do this and, and God's going to do that and I just believe it. Maybe it's just me. The hope level. But hope is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. You don't need a lot, just a little. 
every great faith experience, and I'm almost done this morning, every great faith experience begins with hope. The widow woman we read about this morning was just hoping for the best in her life. At this point in her life, she didn't have a lot of faith. My husband's dead. The creditors are here. I just hope somehow this will turn out right. Amazingly, though, she began to pour the oil from the jar into the other jars, and her hope turned to faith. That's the answer. Put your hope in God. Begin to pour yourself into Him. Begin to pour yourself out at an altar and begin to see what begins to happen in your life. And as things begin to happen, as things begin to come to present in your life, you'll move from hope into faith. We have a war wall in Forest Lake that we put up a banner this week and we're putting prayer requests on this wall and we're going to war in prayer. And I said, I don't want you to take any of these off. But as God begins to answer, as God begins to do the miraculous, as God begins to change some things, I want you to begin to write healed on them. Changed. God did it. He answered. He made a way. Why? Because as we begin to see more and more of those little stickies getting covered up with God answered and God did and God healed, we're not going to be hoping anymore. We're going to have faith that if I write my name, if I write my prayer request, that God will do the miraculous. See, the answer is in pouring it out. 1 Kings 5, verse 6 and 7 says, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon Him, for He cares for you. Can I tell somebody this morning, God cares for you? I feel a little pushback in that a little bit. Some of you don't quite believe that. God cares for you. God cares about your life. He cares about your family. He cares about your marriage. He cares. Cast your cares upon Him, for He cares for you. The answer is not in what we have. It's what we're willing to let go of. I'm tired of carrying this. I'm telling you, in my own physical health and in my own mental health a year ago, I couldn't carry it any longer. I was struggling. I was, I was under this heaviness. I was under this load. And I would oftentimes just ask my wife, will you pray for me? Because, see, her faith was far greater than mine. She'd just look at me and say, it's going to be all right. I just know that it's going to be all right. God has given me a peace. I just know that it's going to be all right. And I say, well, will you just pray for me? Because I'm struggling. I begin to cast my cares, begin to cast those things. See, the answer wasn't in what we had. It wasn't in the diagnosis. It was in the answer that God was willing to give. We just had to be willing to let go and pour it out. All this woman had left was a small jar of oil. It wasn't much. But it was enough for God to do a miracle. Why don't you stand with me this morning?
All she had was a small jar of oil. It wasn't a lot. It wasn't much, but it was enough for God to do the miraculous in her life. What do you have this morning? Preacher, all I got is a life of brokenness. Bring it. You don't understand the hurt that I've gone through in my life. The abuse that I've suffered in my life. The disappointment that I've suffered in my life. Bring what you have left. It doesn't need to be a lot. But begin to pour it out. Begin to cast it out before God. A God who cares. And He will meet you. Come on, would you just lift your hands this morning? you believe that? Come on. The revival that we want to see. The revival that's going to take place. It's going to take place when a church begins to pour it out, begins to bring it to an altar, begins to let it go and say, God, I don't understand how it's happening. I don't understand why I'm going through this, but I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to pour it out before you. I'm going to let you work where I can't work. I don't get it. I don't understand. God will often do more than what we expect. He does more than we expect. That widow woman and her sons, I want you to think about this, said they went and borrowed jars, many jars. Do you think that they just borrowed empty jars? They took anything they could get. Well, it's just got a little bit of oil left. It's got a little bit of sugar left. It's got a little bit of this left. Poured out because what God wants to put in it is greater. You know what repentance is? It's just emptying oneself out. God, here I am. Forgive me. I'm emptying myself out. Why? So that you can fill me with something greater. I'm getting rid of that pride. I'm getting rid of that anger. I'm getting rid of that hurt. I'm getting rid of all these things. So that, God, you can pour your spirit in my life. Is there anybody here this morning? You've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost. You say, you know what? Preacher, you're talking to me this morning. I I came this morning with a lot of issues in my life. I came with a lot of hurts. I came with a lot of things that I just feel like I want to let go of this morning. And I want God to fill me with the Holy Ghost. Is there anybody here this morning that just says, "That's, that's me? Musicians, they come. Come on, somebody, you you need to be filled with the power. You're tired of struggling. You're tired of living this way. You're tired of of living under the the hurt and the baggage that life has left you. Would you just step to an altar and say, I'm going to pour it out. I'm just going to cast it. Come on. God is able. You need a miracle in your life. You need healing in your body. I'm telling you right now, you might have already stepped out of faith uh, earlier for prayer, but if you haven't received your healing, would you just step out of where you're standing and walk to the front of this church and say, you know what, I'm tired of living this way. I'm tired of feeling this. I'm tired of going through this. Uh,
God, I don't have a lot of faith this morning, but I have a hope that you will heal me. I have a hope, God, that you will deliver me. I have a hope, God, that you will. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week. Thank you.